This is the Mormon Mixed Faith Marriage Podcast with Certified Life Coach, Brooke Booth, episode number 41. In today's podcast, I want to explore some phrases I have used over and over and over in my mixed faith marriage that have helped a ton. And I want to explain why they help so you can come up with some of your own phrases that fit your personality and your marriage so you can have them in your back pocket and pull them out when you need them. Now, personally, I love having a few go-to phrases or tools. So when I'm in a bit of a panic or in a bit of a pickle, I don't default to passive aggression, withdrawing, or just being mean. Because I have done that enough. And I know it's not helpful. Now, hear me. Sometimes I do anyway. I'm not perfect. Not even close. But I really like having these accessible, practiced, in my back pocket phrases so that my default way of responding to a sticky situation is much more deliberate and like premeditated in a good way so that I'm not like, because my, if I were to just like strip away my thoughtfulness and (laughs) strip away my filters, it would be a lot of passive aggression, a lot of withdrawing, and a lot of just being mean. And that's not how I want to show up in my marriage. I don't like when I show up that way. I don't like how I show up when I'm that way. And so I have these tools, these phrases to help me show up in a much more thoughtful way. Okay, now hear me on this. Knowing why they help is like why they work and why they help is key here. Just plugging in certain phrases is not the solution to your marriage communication issues. Just like knowing the right thing to say is not the solution. In order to do that, like for me, I have to address the root cause of my communication issues. But having a few plug-in phrases can be great when at the same time I'm also addressing the actual causes and not just the symptom. If you're using these phrases just to address the symptoms, they will have a much more limited effect. Sometimes, I know I've been guilty of this, sometimes we use communication tools and tips as a way to sort of pluck off the proverbial dandelion head And what we really need to do is dig out the root. So I like to use these phrases in conjunction with the deeper work of like really addressing the root causes of, you know, why communication patterns look the way they look and why, you know, have communication um, behaviors like I have them. But again, I like to have these phrases too for when I am doing that deeper work so I don't have to scramble as much that they're just there easy and accessible. So the why behind it, when I'm going to communicate with my husband, I like to make sure my emotions are in place. And what I mean by that is my emotions fuel my actions. So when I'm happy, I act more generous. When I feel sad, Sometimes my action is silence. When I'm frustrated, sometimes the action I take is is a snippy, snarky action. When I'm calm, I tend to 
be better at listening, okay? My feelings impact my action. Communication is an action. So I really try to make sure I'm in an emotional place where my communication can be as effective as possible. So when I'm considering phrases to have in my back pocket, I check in with what emotion I want to fuel those phrases. Because I have said the quote-unquote right thing, but from an emotion of frustration, and my those kind words are no longer kind. Or I say like really clumsy things and I have really clumsy words, but my emotion or my feeling is love. And so what I'm saying is helpful, even if it's not polished. So as you come up with phrases, your own phrases, think what emotion you want to fuel your communication. So here I'll share with you some of my phrases and the emotions that I like to fuel. The communication, the conversation, and hopefully you'll see that the combination together is very impactful. So here are my phrases that have helped me out a ton as I talk to my husband about my faith transition and as we have conversations about our mixed faith marriage. Okay, I'm going to tell you the emotion, then I'm going to tell you the phrase. So emotion, and sometimes my emotions, I admit, are a little bit of a hybrid emotion. And that's okay. So this one, the emotion I chose was acceptance. But as I thought more about it, there was also some honesty mixed in. And here's my phrase. I can see the church is super important to you. And this is also the use of an and instead of a but phrase. There's the tool there. I'm using the and approach. I can see the church is super important to you. And my relationship to the church has changed. I'd like to tell you more about that if you're okay with that. Okay, so I use two tips here, two tools. One is the use of the and instead of the but, and that's a great, great tool I love to use. Another one also I used here is I, I asked for a buy-in. I'm not going to share with him if he doesn't want to hear. Like, I have a buy-in. So I don't want to share anything that he doesn't want to hear. Um, it's not my job to change his mind. It's not my job to convince him. So I ask for a buy-in. You know, that's the if you're interested. If you'd like, I'll tell you more. Okay, so I combine those tool, those two tools here in this. I can see church is super important to you. There's a little bit of validation there too. And my relationship to the church has changed, and I'd like to tell you more about it if you're okay with that or if you're interested in that. Or if that's something you're willing to hear. Okay, so three things going on there. A little bit of validation. The use of the and instead of the but. And asking for a buy-in. Instead of just, you know, throwing all that stuff on him without, you know, without getting his permission first. Okay, next phrase. And this is, this, this is one of my favorites. So the emotion I'm reaching for here is gentleness, a mix of love. Now, this is a soft start. That's the tool I'm using here. It's a soft start. This is something John Gottman teaches, and this is my phrase. You are so important to me, or I might say this relationship is so important to me, that I want to talk to you about something impacting our marriage. Do you have time this week to talk about, and this is where you can insert the topic, Coffee, tithing, church attendance, young women lesson, 
family home evening garments. So my husband just went to church and he used this approach on me. I think he may have learned it from me. But he used this approach very effectively. He said, hey, later this afternoon, do you have some time where we can sit on the hammock and talk about vacations? Like he was using this like soft start and this, you know, can we pre-schedule a time to have an important conversation? He is the master of this particular one. But again, I'll take credit for probably teaching it to him. Okay, so let's break this down a bit. The soft start is, you're so important to me. Like, this relationship is so important to me. That's the soft start. Like, hey, I am invested here. This really matters to me. Can I talk to you about something important? Can I talk to you? I'll sometimes even say, can I talk to you about something that I know is probably challenging for you to hear or not easy for us to talk about? But I have that soft start. So it's usually better accepted. And I'm, I love the soft start because it automatically helps me be in that place of love and gentleness. This matters. You matter. This is so important. I'm already in a softening, softer place emotionally. So when I do communicate and I make my request, it's softer. I'm not barbed. The barbs are softened. Sometimes that's my tendency as I sort of dive right in. And so I like to soften it by saying, you're so important. This is so important. And I also use, do you have time this week? Or do you have time today to talk about? We're busy, 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 busy. And sometimes we want to talk about things and it's super easy to push off, push off, push off the harder things. So I like to really get a time, like, can we talk? Do you have time this week? Can we schedule the time? I'd even take it further and actually schedule the time because it's really easy to put off having hard conversations. And this is a way that helps me be accountable for having them. And it uses the soft startup. And I'm fueling this all from gentleness and love. Great tools. Okay, next one. I really like this one too. Really, really, really too. The emotion I like to use here is curiosity maybe mixed with a little bit of love. And this one's super simple. This is what I say, tell me more. It's my favorite phrase, tell me more. Other ways of saying it, help me understand. You know, help me understand what you're thinking and feeling. Maybe another way of saying it, I don't understand and I really want to understand. I like this one. This one is like if we were using a tool, the tool here is listening. Like This is how you set up an opportunity for you to listen. And when I do this, I have to remind myself, like, I got to just actually listen and not talk, talk, talk. But I have got to listen because it's a powerful communication tool. So tell me more. I love using this. I use this with my clients all the time. I'm genuinely curious in my coaching calls. I love my clients to pieces. So this is a really easy one for me to access in my coaching calls. If you are one of my clients, you've probably heard me say, tell me more a lot. I like to use it in my marriage too. Maybe this afternoon, my husband wants to talk about vacations this summer. And I'll sit down with him. I'll Probably the first thing I'll say is, tell me more. And then he says, he'll say some stuff, and then I'll use it again. Tell me more. Maybe he'll say some stuff. I'll use it again. Tell me more. It's one of my favorites. 
I also like to say, help me understand. You know, what are you thinking? Help me understand what you're thinking. Like, it's not clear to me yet. Help me understand. Help me understand. Okay. Two more. Next one. The emotion I like to use here is empowerment. Love, love the feeling of empowerment. When I'm empowerment, I'm rarely blaming. I'm rarely complaining. I love empowerment. Okay. This is the phrase I like to use. And I will give credit to Brene Brown for teaching me this one. The story I'm telling myself is, and then insert where you tell the story very clearly, very directly, share your thoughts and feelings while at the same time taking responsibility for your thoughts and feelings. I give some examples. An example of not doing this can be helpful to see how an example of doing this is more effective. So an example of not doing this is you make me so angry. That's not empowering. That's where the blame and the complaining come into play. It's the, it is in fact disempowering. So I like to, I, I try not to use those phrases. You make me so angry. You make me, I'm, you, you hurt me. You make me so sad. Like these phrases um, are very disempowering. You're abdicating your emotions to somebody else, your emotional regulation and well-being to somebody else. They're now in charge of your emotions. And when somebody else is in charge of your emotions, you've got to control. You're now the victim. You've got to blame. You've got to complain. You've got to manipulate and control that situation so you can feel better. Not pretty. Not helpful. Okay, so I the story I'm telling myself is where I'm using that from an empowered emotion, from empowerment, which I consider to be an emotion from an empowered place. The story I'm telling myself is, you don't care. And so I'm feeling angry. The story I'm telling myself is, I'm not important to you. So I'm feeling hurt. See, these are really much more empowering because I'm taking responsibility for my emotions. Like this, I'm, I'm feeling this way because I'm telling myself this story. Not because it's true, not because you're intentionally trying to hurt me, but because of the story I'm telling myself. So the story I'm telling myself is dot, 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 dot. Or I'm telling myself that. It's another great setup. I'm telling myself that you don't care. I'm telling myself that you're not listening. You know, whatever it may be, I'm telling myself that I'm not important here, that I don't matter. This is how I do it instead of you don't care. You don't make me a priority. That's the disempowering way. Okay. Next and last tool I want to, or phrase I want to share with you today. And the emotion feeling this is appreciation. One of my favorite emotions to access in my relationships. I love feeling appreciation. It feels amazing. It's very similar to love. I love feeling appreciation so much. These are going to be very simple phrases. These were so easy for me to come up with because I'm just feeling a lot of appreciation for my family lately. These are my thoughts. I love you. I care about you. You're so important to me. I love that we're married. You look amazing. 
You were the best. And this one, this is the one I use the most. My kids will tell you, you are my favorite. This is one of my go-to, super easy to access phrases that I use a ton with my family. You are my favorite. I use it all the time and my kids are like, um, you have a lot of favorites. And I say, exactly. I have a lot of favorites. And I'll tell them, you're my favorite. I tell it to my husband. I tell it to my kids. I tell it to my dog all the time. You're my favorite. You're my favorite. They always call me out and they say, you have a lot of favorites. And I own it wholeheartedly. Yes, I have a lot of favorites. And having a lot of favorites makes your life amazing. Just saying. Okay, and I, again, the fuel for this particular phrase is appreciation. A simple I love you, but sometimes that's not how you want to communicate. So I have all these other ones. I care about you. You're important to me. I love that we're married. You look amazing. You are amazing. You are the best. And my favorite, you are my favorite. Okay, let me give you a little recap of the, you know, how to create your own go-to phrases. Think about what you want to feel. What would you say from that place? Or conversely, think about what you want to say and what do you need to feel in order to say that effectively. And then this. This piece is important. Practice, practice, practice. You may need to say these, your go-to phrases 20 times, 30 times, 40 times before you get good at saying them, before they actually become your go-to phrases. Remember, having phrases in your back pocket that you can reach for really quick, they're familiar. Your brain and your mouth are used to reaching for them and used to saying them. So give yourself a chance to let them be new and awkward before they become familiar and comfortable. So these are some of my go-to phrases. I use these all the time. I'll review them to you. And the reason I use them all the time is because they're familiar. They're so practiced. I use them a ton. And I know they're super helpful. And I want to continue using them a ton. Because I like, I like how they help me show up in my relationship. But remember, I cue up the feeling first so they can be the most impactful and most effective. Okay, first one, where I'm using the and and I'm using the buy-in. I can see church is super important to you, and you can interchange anything, anything super important to you, and and then whatever else you want to say. So I'll just read this to you again. I can see the church is super important to you, and my relationship to the church has changed, and I would like to tell you more about it if you're okay with that. You can take this same structure, and you can move in and out phrases. For whatever's directly applicable to you. Okay, the next one. You're so important to me. This relationship is so important to me. I want to talk to you about something that's impacting our marriage. Do you have time today to talk about? Do you have time this week to talk about dot, dot, dot? Next one. Tell me more. Help me understand what you're thinking and feeling. I don't understand and I really want to. Next, the story I'm telling myself is fill in the blank. You know, I'm telling myself that you don't fill in the blank. And then the final one, I love you. I care about you. You're important to me. 
I love that we're married. You're amazing. You're the best. You're my favorite. All fueled from appreciation. Come up with your go-to phrases. They're not necessarily going to sound like mine. These suit me. These fit me well. But just like my clothes may not fit you, my phrases may not work well for you and may not fit you perfectly. Play around and come up with your own. It can be a really powerful skill to have to learn how to come up with your own phrases that are really effective. And it can be a really powerful skill to just have a few phrases in your back pocket for when you get in a little panic, a little pickle, something comes up in your mixed faith marriage, you can rely on those go-to phrases to help you navigate that situation. Just a little bit more kindness, gentleness, compassion, all of that. All right, if you found this super helpful, probably want to get on my email mailing list because I share stuff like this very regularly. Really amazing, in my opinion, (laughs) things to help you really deal with in a positive way your Mormon mixed faith marriage. In order to get on my mailing list, the easiest way is to go to my website, brookeboothcoaching.com, book with an E, booth without an E, And click on the free mini course and you will be able to, that will sign you up for my email list and it'll also get you the free mini course. You can always just message me directly and ask to be on it and I'll put you right on it as well. All right. Wishing you the best.